0: Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hammer Time 1987 podcast, the podcast where all we do is win, and we will be doing some more winning, because I have a very special guest host with me, a man who can get your pump going. He is Justin Aronica. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks,
1: Adam. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Great intro there. The pump, yes. We're always chasing that.
0: Yes, yes. It's probably the only time in your life you'll ever be introduced like that.
1: Yeah, maybe. Hey, I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take
0: it. So, uh, Justin, uh, we go back a long ways. Yeah. uh, To the good old days of Williamsville North and even beyond that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But you've made your career now in uh, nutrition and health coach and exercise. Mm -hmm. And just wondering how that started. What was sort of the catalyst for it? and how you kind of found your way into it.
1: Yeah, um, I guess to not take up the whole show, you know, (laughs) give me the whole journey, but... Give me the uh, the Cliff Notes version here. Yeah, (laughs) the Cliff Notes, I mean, I I was always an athletic kid from my very early days, I think I started rollerblading when I was three, Okay. Um, you know, and played in a lot of different hockey leagues and stuff and soccer as a kid. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, always seemed to excel with that and, uh, enjoyed it. Um, so athletics was always a part of my life. And then, um, I was always very intrigued with the profession of a personal trainer. I thought it was this you know, glamorous, uh, position with, you know, beautiful women surrounding you all the time. (laughs) That's the real reason. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, great definition in my abs and like lots of money and a nice car. Like that's just what I thought of it as a kid. Um, and you know, through my teens and stuff and early twenties, I kind of, you know, sidetracked a bit and, and got away from athletics. Um, I didn't really play too many sports, um, past high school. And then I kind of came back to it, um, in my mid and later twenties, I started playing hockey again and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I was 20, 24, 25, uh, years old. I was living in Hawaii. I had moved out West, left Buffalo and ended up in Hawaii. And uh, you know, I'm not going to get into all that, but basically I, I got really out of shape for what I normally was used to and what I expected of myself. <laughs> and it wasn't until, you know, I always tell this story. I came back to visit my mom and, um, she was like, hey, you know, you're looking a little pudgy. And I was like, whoa. You know, like, first of all, no one's ever said that. I have never thought of myself as pudgy. And then, you know, your mom's always, like, the one that supports you and, like, doesn't, you know, hurt your feelings and stuff like that. So when she said that, I was like, it it really made me kind of step back, right? Right. And we we, we chuckled about it. But um, I knew that I was, you know – not paying attention to what I was doing. I was drinking a lot of beer and eating probably too much and, right. you know, Hawaii is a very different culture and um, lots of rice, lots of pork, mm. um, not, not that much on the vegetable side. <laughs> I drank a lot of beer, you know, I wasn't exercising. Sounds like a paradise to me. Yeah, you know? well, it's a lot of things, but, um, yeah, and I, you know, I, I realized that I was like buying bigger pants and like all this sort of stuff and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, this is all kind of clicking. And, uh, yeah, so I I was, I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't classify myself as, like, overweight, you know, anything like that. I was probably overweight for, you know, what I should be, of course, but I wasn't, like, you know, in an extreme place. It's just, like, I knew I was not fit, and I didn't look great compared to what I should look like for my natural, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. being at what I normally should be if I was normally healthy. You know, and I'm 24, 25 years old, so it's like, okay if I'm this now and I don't change anything, what am I going to look like in five more years? You know, right. So, um, I, uh, a little time passed. I ended up moving back. Um, I left Hawaii I moved to Arizona and I was living with my sister and her boyfriend and, um, very much a transition period of my life. Um, didn't really have, um, a plan of anything. I was just kind of like, Trying to find my purpose, you know, I I didn't, I didn't go to college right out of high school. I you know I didn't do anything like a lot of my friends had done. Mm-hmm. So when I left Buffalo, you know, went to Hawaii, came back, went to Arizona. Um, I was searching this whole time, and um, I kind of at that point was kind of hard on myself. Like you don't know what you want to do yet in life. Right. Like where are right. you going? Um, and all I knew at that point was I wanted to I guess I just kind of made it simple on myself and I was like let's start by cleaning up your act and you know getting it wasn't even so much about getting in shape it was just like getting rid of the the pudgy (laughs) you know (laughs) um and getting back to feeling better because I was you know I wasn't feeling great physically but Um, so I knew I wanted to make some changes, um, with my health and, and, and my physique and stuff. So, um, my sister and her boyfriend, they had a kind of like a home gym setup, if you will, in the garage. We had a, Uh you know, some weights, a bench press and a barbell and a pull-up bar, um, an elliptical, a punching bag and whatever. And, you know, I never really had a lot of gym experience, even mm. though I was athletic through my youth and stuff. Right. I think I I had some gym experience, and I say that lightly because, and this could get into a different topic, but we won't get there yet. <laughs> I went to the gym when I was like, you know, 18 or 19, sure. maybe again when I was like 22, 23, And I lifted weights and I exercised. Mm -hmm. Did I know what I was doing? Not really. You know, I had a few friends that looked like they were in good shape, so I kind of would do what they were doing. But I really had no program or format or method to what I was doing. But, you know, aside from that, that's all I really had. So when I was with, you know, living at my sister's and stuff, and we had all this equipment in the garage, none of us, again, no one really had any knowledge of what they were doing. And they weren't by any means super enthusiastic about Mm -hmm. their own fitness right um he you know her boyfriend used it more so than my sister i mean she would do like the elliptical and like do some ab workouts and something basic so none of us really had any background or good knowledge of stuff so i kind of took it upon myself to be like you know let's all do this together and utilize what we have here and we'll try to make up some you know fun workouts together and we would, you know, we, we would work out together at night after everyone was home from work. And um, I'd watch YouTube videos, yeah. you know, like the majority of us who get started in this field, you know, start off watching YouTube videos. Right. And um, I, you know, thankfully never hurt myself right. um, too bad anyways. And that, that kind of began that whole, you know, from, from where I am now, that part of my life was the beginning. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um and I started to, you know, feel good, started to see results pretty quickly. My sister, you know, we were having fun doing it together and stuff. Sure. Um and then at the time I was working at uh, as a you know, I was working at Levi's at, in retail uh-huh. and I was like a supervisor and whatever and, and um we we had this corporate health challenge you know, across the board for all, all Levi's and stores. And, um, my boss was like, you know, cause I, I would share little things about health or fitness with, with my coworkers, um, just in casual conversation. Cause keep in mind, you know, like when you're starting to work out and you're on your own health journey, you're hopefully most of the time you get pretty into it. You should be. Sure and you're interested or excited or enthusiastic about whatever. And that's maybe just naturally how I was and how I am. Mm -hmm. But you know, someone would say something about, oh my gosh, like my pants are so tight. Like, oh, I gotta lose 10 pounds or whatever the case was. And I would say some things or I would talk about, oh yeah, I've been working out or whatever the case was. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so my boss was like, Justin, you know, tell me about this health challenge. She's like, you should be the organizer for our store of this and you know you could like put everyone's you know routine together and whatever else and i don't even remember the details of it anymore but basically she put me in charge of tracking everyone's progress and and giving someone like a guidance workout of some kind if if you will um and uh and i was like you know okay cool like that sounded great but you know it, it seemed like a little thing but to me it was like it was it was really impactful because it was like hey you're good at this so sure can you do this and so it meant a lot to me actually um and after we did that you know as our you know store and levis went through this whole thing and whatever she was like you know thank you uh, it was a great you did a great job you'd be a really good like personal trainer and she just said it so casually and like i tell her, well, I don't tell her all the time, but I told her a few right. times a couple of years ago now that like, Hey, you know, you saying that to me actually <laughs> really right. inspired me because after I moved back and I decided to come back to Buffalo, that from, you know, that point in time when she had told me that it was only like three or four, three or four months later that I ended up moving. Right? Okay. So I moved back to Buffalo I have this momentum going with my own fitness journey. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling really good at this point, losing a lot of weight, like lost all the weight I wanted to lose and I'm getting like fit and trim and you know, whatever. And um, I come home and I'm living with my dad and it was great, you know, haven't seen him in a long time and, and whatever. And so I'm like, I'm all like jacked up and I'm like, you know, fitness, fitness, fitness. You know, I'm like, dad, you got to do more workouts. I'm like, he's just like, whoa, son, slow the hell down." So, you know, I had to kind of get a hold of myself with all that cuz I was I was super amped about what I had been accomplishing right know, with myself. So, anyways, I'm like, "All right, got to find a gym, got to get a gym membership." Like that was my main focus, you know, as soon as I moved back home. I'm like, "Dad, where's the closest gym, you know?" Um, so so I go down the street, I get a gym membership and literally within two weeks of being back in Buffalo, I was, um, yeah, essentially I was offered a job at a gym. It was a small rinky dink, you know, yeah. uh, gym, but, um, I, I was, you know, I needed a job too. So sure. I was like, Hey, like you guys, you guys hiring for like, I was just asking to work like as a front desk sure. person, you know, I wasn't cause I wasn't a personal trainer. And, um, it was a small place, like literally like two people working at a time. Very small. Yeah. like a family place. Yep. Um, and she's like, uh, well, I don't know if we need that, but we, we need more personal trainers cause our, you know, we only have like one guy and the other guys like really part time. Uh huh. And I was like, oh wow. That's so cool. Like I'd love to, but you know, I don't really have any, you know, background in that. I'm not certified, whatever. Right. Um, so she was like, oh, well, you know, if you're serious about it and you want to work here like full time, we could, you know, like help pay for your certification or we'll, like roll it into your, your your payroll and, you know, whatever, get you, right. help get you started if you wanted to, you know, start that, you know, career path or whatever. And I was like, you know, hell yeah, <laughs> like right away. So right. Um, I jumped all over that and, um, you know, I, I got certified with some off the wall, you know, company I, and I didn't really know like what was what with, right. with that <laughs> right and they kind of you know put it all together for me so I just did whatever they told me I needed to do sure um so I that's kind of how it started. I started I was you know started personal training there and um that was four years ago and I like just loved it like right away and um, I did really well in regards to like the situation I was given, like it Uh wasn't a big gym, you know, but I was getting myself new clients every day, basically, Uh you know, growing my, my base of, of clients. Um, And uh, that's when that whole, that's, that's how it started. That's probably longer than it should have been. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, um, But that's how it started. Cool. So okay, yeah. I mean, nutrition stuff kind of came after that, but not not too much further. Okay. Did you want me to go into that probably? Too? Well,
0: uh, maybe once we get through some more of these, yeah. then we'll get into that. So why don't we get into some real juicy stuff? Uh, sure. Actually, but before we do that, Buffalo to Hawaii and back to Buffalo.
1: No, it was Buffalo to no Buffalo to Arizona. Oh, Buffalo, Arizona. I was there for four or five months, and then I went to Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, okay. And then I was there for, like, almost two years. And then back to Arizona. And then I was there for, like, almost a year. And then back to Buffalo. Because I'm
0: sure people listen, like, he went all the way to Hawaii and he came back to Buffalo. I know. That's, I get that. Every time I tell someone I live there, they're like, why did you come back? Like, yeah. well, have you ever lived there? <laughs> like,
1: you know, it's like uh, $500,000 to buy a 700-square-foot condo. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> $8 for a gallon of milk. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, unless you have a... Great paying job, and
0: it's probably better to go on vacation than it is to live there. Is probably
1: honestly, dude. Yeah, like it. It was great, but um, I after a while I just missed what I felt like was regular life. I mean, sure. it was it was like you said, it it was a vacation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, okay. But, uh, yeah. Cool. All right. Let's get into this question here, and it might be difficult to answer, but based on everything that you've seen, what sort of the top reason or the number one reason that you've seen that people just can't seem to lose weight people are always like i can't lose weight it's so hard i mean what's sort of maybe the common thread that you've come across if there is one
1: yeah uh i would say well the first thing that jumps to my head is people don't eat enough
0: really because that's going to surprise a lot of people
1: and it always does it always does i'm not going to say that's Biggest thing, um, in general, but it's a huge thing. It's like part of how I start the process of working with someone is I take it. You know, I don't know if we call it taking inventory, but I go through their day with them, and I'm like, "All right, when do you get up? How did you sleep? How long did you sleep? You know, what's the average? Basically, not like right. what did you do yesterday? What do you do on a normal?" average. And I, and I go through their day and it's like, okay, so you get up at this time, when do you usually eat something? Okay. So you have your first meal at this time. Okay. What's that meal like typically, you know, we go through this throughout the day and I get to the end of the day with them. And it's like, you know, it's, it it can vary of course, but I feel a lot of time. um, And again, I would say this is more on the side of once the person has been trying to take control of their health, Mm -hmm. um, they're just not eating enough. And it, it, it's very simple. We know the term malnourishment, you know, everyone knows what that is, what it means, you know? Um, but we don't kind of realize that malnourishment is, you know, it's not eating enough, right? You're not getting enough nutrition. Um, so when you don't, Enough of what your body needs in your, you know, don't eat enough, then you create a host of issues. And everyone just thinks, okay, I'm trying to lose weight, I'm trying to shrink, right? So I will eat less, right? And it's like, it doesn't work that way. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. there's a happy medium. Um, that's a big so, thing, yeah.
0: Because some people say, okay, well, that sounds great, but if I'm got the, the rolls and the jiggles here, you know, and, yeah. and I've got stuff like, am, am I am I really not eating enough? I mean, some people would say, well, come on, I've got, I've got to eat less. Right. I mean, you've talked about the happy medium. I mean, yeah. is there, I mean, how, how would you be able to determine that? I mean, if you have a certain amount of body fat, like, okay, yeah, I'm eating too much, but
1: yeah, and it depends too. I mean, it really, like you have to know in depth what this person has been doing for an extended period of time, you know? If it's, a, if it's an older individual, you know, and by older, I'm going to say through their 40s into their 50s where they've really been creating a, a pattern of doing, you know, eating a certain way, we'll say for an extended period of time um, versus someone who, you know, took care of themselves most of their life, but then got off track for a year or two and put on a bunch of weight. Those two people are very different with how you can approach working with them. Um, so I don't know if that yeah. addresses the question, but yeah. yeah. Um,
0: is is there a, and again, it might be difficult because it depends on the person, but is there a, a calorie benchmark? I mean, traditionally it was always 2000 calories. Yeah. I mean, is that still valid? I mean, if someone said, well, Justin says I can eat more than 2000 now or yeah. or,
1: yeah, the 2000 thing. I mean, that's, that's like uncle Sam's recommendation, you know? I mean, right. <laughs> you have to have, and I get it. Like there has to be, uh, you know, a baseline to like go off of right. and 2000 is generally like, you know, a good parameter, but you know, calories aren't calories. Like, uh, I shouldn't say it like that. Not all calories are the same. Right. Um, So that's one thing to consider um, heavily (laughs) is, you know, 2,000 calories of processed food versus 2,000 calories of a paleo diet, Um, you know, it's going to affect your body very differently. So there's that, but really with, if you want to really get into, you know, that question of, you know, how many calories should someone eat to lose weight, um, that really depends on where they're at with how did they get to where they are. Um, And that's, again, kind of the process in the beginning with me of figuring out what is this person's day like normally. Um, And if, in fact, they are, we'll say with the current recent topic of Mm -hmm. under-eating, you know, I find a lot of people that are eating less than a 1,000 calories a day on average. You know, that is severely... Right. deficient right. you know there's no way you can hit the right amount of protein that your body needs if you're only eating that many calories a day assuming that your calories are varied with what you you know what the macronutrients are that you're consuming there's no way you can get the amount of fiber or minerals you know magnesium and all these yeah. other things that you need if you're not putting in enough nutrition right um, so if that's the case then that person has to increase their calories to lose weight. Sure. You know, so the client that is in that realm, I will usually put them up to, you know, thirteen or fourteen hundred calories or something in that range, yeah. um, because if you're used to eating eight hundred or nine hundred or a thousand calories, your appetite is so suppressed mm. and your stomach is like literally so shrunken that you've developed this ability so to speak to get through a day without craving and wanting a lot of food but that's just because you've trained yourself kind of unintentionally almost maybe to to be that way just like the opposite end of the spectrum the person that overeats and eats uncontrollably they've trained themselves to be able to do that try a habit um so the under eater I tell them you gotta eat more food like i mean the last three or four people with the exception of my current uh, one of the current clients i have the last three or four people i've worked with all i've all of them have been the same gotta eat more gotta eat more gotta eat more gotta eat more and most of them at first kind of like you said earlier they're like whoa really what you right. know how? how that doesn't make sense right but once you explain it to them like i've been saying they're like, oh, yeah, okay, all right, all right, yeah, malnourishment, okay, it makes sense. Right. Um, and I've seen so many people, I mean, I've worked with hundreds of people at this point, but it's like, you know, 95% of the time, that's really not all they need to do, but that's a huge component. Okay. So you increase your calories, you start getting the proper amount of nutrition for where you're at and your body starts working better, you know, you start to have more energy, you feel better, your digestion improves, and you, you know, you, whatever, all this stuff kind of regulates itself, but, um, you know, so that person, the right amount of calories could be, like I said, fourteen, fifteen hundred, thirteen hundred, 1,500, 1,300, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. um, are they active, are they, I don't even know,
0: all right, so we're back here. Sorry for that interruption, but yeah, you were just mentioning about the undereating and the overeating and mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. It's really stunning. Um, I think for a lot of people listening, that they probably never thought about it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really figuring out where you need to be is is really based on what your body has adapted to over the last whether it's been three months, six months, a year, whatever you've been doing to get yourself where you are, that's kind of like what you have to go off of. So okay. my, my first task for the client is always track what you're doing as specifically as you can. Don't change what you're doing, but just start tracking what you're doing for, you know, a week or whatever, five days, something. And let's see, what are you consuming? How much protein are you consuming? How much fat are you consuming? How much carbohydrate are, are you consuming? How much sugar? Et cetera, et cetera. And then, obviously, how many calories is that total right. that you're averaging? And I've done this with so many classes and so many clients. And like I said, it's, it's usually the majority falls in the deficient category, hmm. right? That's interesting, um, yeah. A lot of experts and, and different sources that you will find will say no one should eat less than 1,200 calories a day. And that's based on, you know, how much nutrition can you cram in in that amount of calories and still get a decent amount of stuff for your body. And it's factoring in, you know, sedentary lifestyle, active lifestyle, elderly, youthful. Right. You know, those are all different factors. But 1,200 is kind of like the, the baseline of like the minimum, just like 2,000 is the baseline of sure. the average. Right. So, you know, when you get a class of people and everyone's like 900, 950, 1,000, <laughs> 1100, 750, you're like, okay, well, this is easy. <laughs> Everyone eat more food, yes. you know, um, but keep it to, you know, protein mostly and good fats, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. We well, wanted McDonald's. I wanted bread, <laughs> you know. <laughs> more calories of bread is great. Yeah. Um, but on occasion, typically males, typically our age, Um, not so much older males it's typically younger males 20s 30s 40s maybe that overeat. you know and i'm i'm that way for me if i get off track it's because i'm eating too much um and that is what everyone relates to and understands well Is like oh i'm overweight because i'm eating too much so i'm gonna eat less when in fact they were never eating too much they were just eating crap and they weren't eating enough of the good stuff mm. to get the right amount of calories and the right amount of nutrition. Um, but there's definitely, yeah, I mean, with fast food and, and restaurants, everything is like doubled, <laughs> you know, as yeah. far as if you make, I remember, man, I don't know how many years ago it was, probably five or six, maybe longer. I, um, when they, you know what it was, is when they started putting calories and stuff on menus uh-huh. at restaurants. And I looked at this dish that I got when I decided to order it. And at this time, this is when it was new to see the calories and stuff. So I sure. was I was intrigued. I, don't, I wasn't even into fitness right. or anything back then. But I'm like, holy cow, like this is, um, I don't know, 1,300 calories. And it's like all it was was a chicken breast and rice and um, yeah. I don't know what else it had. But it wasn't anything like crazy where, you, you know, where it seemed like it was a lot. And I knew enough about... You know, 1,300 is a lot for one meal. I don't care who sure. you are unless yeah. you're, like, a strong competitor. But, right. you know, and it's like chicken and rice and, you know, whatever else this other item was. And I'm like, that's crazy. And um, now, being more educated and, you know, tracking my food and doing all this, you know, meal preps and all these things, it's like I know, you, you know, I can close my eyes and hold something and tell you how many calories are in it. But <laughs> chicken and rice, I mean, you're looking at, like, Four hundred calories maybe if you're having like a normal portion that like you or I would want to have. Um, maybe five hundred. I mean it it depends on certain things, but you know, thirteen hundred is insane, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Um and then it's like, you know, then you got and that was a regular I think it was Applebee's or something. But um and then fast food, you know, like, you know, there's Tim Hortons everywhere and um, everyone goes to Tim Hortons all the time so I use the Tim Hortons app to get you know coffees and whatever for myself a lot and um, with the app you can see the nutrition facts of all these other food items yeah and it's like looking at some of the stuff like a breakfast sandwich it's like okay what is it an English muffin an egg a piece of sausage a piece of cheese and it's like 600 calories or something like that and it's like Forty grams of fat and like two thousand milligrams of sodium. All right. It's just it's so lopsided of what it should be mm. for for the for the normal person as like oh this is a good breakfast like no man <laughs> you know <laughs> but it's yeah. like we do that because again convenience sure and you know that category of people those are usually your overeaters is the people that steer towards those yeah. things yeah yeah
0: cool yeah. Alright, well let's get into this then because you kinda of touched on it a little bit for the longest time when we were kids it was always if you eat fat, you get fat. Low oh. fat, low fat, low fat, low yeah. fat. Even, even today yeah. it's all advertised oh, this is a low fat product and yeah. everyone kept getting fatter anyway. Yeah. So now it seems like sugar is the big deal. So what do you what's your take on this this fat yeah. and sugar and, and how should people think about it?
1: Yeah, so I've I've done, you know, a few seminars where it's just me yelling, you know, for a while, (laughs) no, not yelling, but, um, I've done seminars, uh, at, at the medical practice I work with and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, also with my other, um, business I'm involved in. And, you know, I've had the privilege to speak in front of hundreds of people a couple of times. And most of the stuff is usually fairly small, 20, 30 people, that kind of thing. And I've done a hour, hour and a half just on, fat and cholesterol because Mm -hmm. it's such a, such a topic that's just filled with, um, lies really. And, um, it's, it's so heavily, uh, we're so heavily influenced by those lies that it's, you know, it's created a business, which, you know, the statin industry and all this, not the statin industry. But statin drugs, you know, for cholesterol, that's a huge business mm-hmm. for pharmaceutical companies that that essentially fund, uh, you know, a medical practice because they're prescribing the, the med for them. You know, it's, it's this huge conglomerate, you know, vicious cycle. Um, and uh, it's ruining people's lives, you know. <laughs> right. Fat is um, basically in the sixties, there was a, um, if he's a doctor, but his name was Ansel Keys. You can okay. look into all of it. Uh-huh. He basically did a study and he, and he published these results, um, from his study, but he, he manipulated it in the sense that he was looking for basically I'll start. He was looking for a correlation of countries that ate a high fat diet uh-huh. in correlation with like heart disease and like, stuff like that Um, and ultimately what really happened is it was all over the board as far as what the outcome was you know gonna be Um, but what he did was he he took out all of the ones that didn't fit with a trend that showed high fat means heart disease cardiac issues and all this stuff so he manipulated this study results the results of the study and published it showing this correlation and it got in all the medical literature and then all over you know um and basically from that point it was like everyone was just brainwashed believing that you know well this said this and this is what he said and right you know this is how it is and you know it ended up in every textbook and and everything for every doctor and dietitian yep from back then, you know, most of it still exists, but it's just that now it also, what, now, what exists now is the truth and the real stuff that combats what that was. So now you have both. You have the old school stuff still there, and you have this new age stuff that's coming out. I would say the last five, five years it's made the biggest amount of headway, but it's, it's been known for longer than that that it's just not true. There's so many other studies mm. that have been done that prove it's BS. And even his study itself, it's just <laughs> no one found out till way later, yeah. you know, that the guy fudged the whole thing. Um, but there's tons of countries. I mean, the the one that people can, <coughs> can grab onto the most is like Eskimos, right? and thinking yeah. about eating whale blubber right <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like oh yeah i know that that's a real thing right in the igloos they live in igloos right but it's like eskimos ate like primarily just fat you know to like because they had like no it was like fish and blubber yeah. and like right. you know i don't know twigs but you know but they were fine they weren't like these huge obese eskimos on right. statins you know that can't breathe yeah. you know they're like normal people Um, and like Mm. the Mediterranean is like a very popular, um, part of the world, but there's also what's been coined the Mediterranean diet, um, with all the new diets that we have, uh, these days, but you know, like in Italy or Greece or any, 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 anywhere over there, they eat a lot of fattier foods and, uh, oils and fattier fish and, and all this other stuff that when you look at their diet and you study it, a high percentage of their calories come from fat, right? But they're also one of the healthiest populations of the world, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and with this study that Ansel Keys did, mm. they were the one, one of them that got taken out because it wouldn't have lined up with what he was trying to prove you know because oh, yeah. they're for them it shows they eat a lot of fat but they're healthy they don't have any cardiac yeah, don't disease. include them in the study no, no get rid of them <laughs> get rid of them so yeah. um yeah so
0: yeah so we got the, the fat part that that's that's really not a big deal so now the new emphasis has been sugar and sugar is the root of all evil mm-hmm. I think that that's partially true although sometimes I think people go to an extreme but what do you sort of say about sugar in general
1: yeah um it's definitely the root of a lot of issues the main issue is inflammation okay so sugar is extremely inflammatory there's different forms of sugar different sources so mm-hmm. that depends uh, as far as how what category you put it in um as far as how inflammatory is it and then obviously there's the amount of sugar that you're consuming right but um You know and it's the same with fat fat can be inflammatory too but that's really like the newer fats like the stuff that everyone grew up thinking they should have like vegetable oil and margarine and all of the processed vegetable oils and then deep fried foods Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know um crisco and all this other junk from the (laughs) 80s and 90s that i remember you know as a kid um those are all inflammatory. And the things that aren't are your, your organic animal products, um, you know, um, certain nuts, obviously fish, um, grass fed, uh, products, um, olive oil. Obviously I was like, Oh, I know olive oil is good. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot more than just olive oil. Um, avocados, you know, so there's lots of fats that are anti inflammatory or that don't cause inflammation but then there's a lot of fats that do so as far as fat just to kind of come back there's definitely fats that are an issue again that's the guy that's overeating going to the restaurant going to Tim Horton's breakfast sure you know you're not getting good fats there right good fats you're gonna to have to make them yourself or cook you know make your own meals and stuff like that typically right. um, but sugar is kind of the same, but sugar is definitely way more on the spectrum of, of bad. And there's not really a purpose of, of having sugar. And that I think is where there can be a lot of debate, but you know, the body needs, you know, certain amounts of, of glucose or sugar or whatever you want to call it, carbohydrates. Right. But I shouldn't explain it that way, but basically for the amount of sugar, just to keep it simple that our body actually needs Right. We can convert it from amino acids, protein, even fat, once we metabolize those things. We don't have to actually have a carbohydrate source or a sugar source to get the amount that our body really needs. Mm. Um, which is fascinating and I'm like not, you know, an expert in every single category of how to explain that or, sure. or elaborate on those things. Sure. But I've done enough research throughout my, you know journey and I've been at enough different events and trainings and all this stuff that, you know, look into it, do your own research. But, um, you know, sugar comes in many forms. So the main problem with sugar is, you know, soda, um, Mm -hmm. all of the processed snack foods that we eat. That's what people don't realize is a cracker is sugar, you know? Mm A bagel is sugar. Right. Your cereal, your your pasta, you know, rice, all of those things metabolize the same way, ultimately in the end. One of them may be slower than the other, or whatever the case is. But those right. are all sugar. But you look at the box and it's like, oh, it's only two grams of sugar. That's fine. But if you look above that, it says it's forty-seven carbohydrates. Yeah. There's no difference. You know, really, yeah. ultimately. So <clears throat> your can of Coke or your cup of rice. You know metabolically it's like the same thing right Um, fruit you know I think is your best friend as far as when we're talking about sugars you know you're gonna get some some fiber out of it typically um, depending on the type of fruit of course Um, but it's really the processed stuff that gets us because that's what we're getting in large doses we're getting too much of it at once we're eating it too frequently bread cereal you know pasta at night whatever the case is, sugary drinks, Gatorade, I mean, that's the biggest crock going is Gatorade. (laughs) They
0: have a low sugar option now, allegedly. Yeah,
1: thankfully, yeah, but it's just, Uh. (laughs) you know, high fructose corn syrup, you know, all those things, that's where the real issue is, you know, inflammation, to kind of come back to it. Um, Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yep. Alright, great. Well, there's so much information here we're going to have to do another podcast sometime. <laughs> can, I know. I can <laughs> get on to tanner. There's so much stuff to go after. Why don't we do this? Why don't we talk about building muscle? At
1: mm-hmm. least that's
0: what I want to talk about. And then uh, we'll finish up maybe with some of the stuff you're doing with your business. But sure. um, Alright, so building muscle. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, well, there's a lot to talk about here too. There's this old school way go to the gym, do lots of of exercises and lots of sets and lots of repetitions and go to the gym so your arm falls off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's the way I used to do it back in high school. And, and now I'm trying to get a little bit smarter about it. But if someone's going to the gym and they want to build muscle, we'll just talk generally here. Yeah. What's sort of the best way to to approach that in terms of the number of exercises and reps mm-hmm. and things?
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, to, to again kind of with the nutrition talk you know to keep it simple first off you know you got to know your client again are they 16 year old kid are they yeah. you know 50 year old adult whatever um, what's their experience that's kind of what I'll ask someone at in the very beginning is you know what what's your background have you ever played sports have you ever been in the gym before have you ever sure. worked with anybody um, but just generally speaking I mean um You know, you want to be able to move around well without (laughs) finding yourself in pain or, or, you know, being extremely uncomfortable. I mean, there's a lot of people, like, in the the personal trainer world, um, you know, unless you're some, like, high elite level celebrity trainer, um, most of the people we work with are, you know, in their... 40s, 50s, in that ballpark. They're people that have gone through the majority of their life yeah. slowly declining, <laughs> slowly breaking down. <laughs> right. Then they're at this point of like, I got to do something. Sure. You know, so that person is definitely different than like, you know, us when we were teenagers, obviously. But generally speaking, you know, be, um, be mindful of your preparation, um, there's so much that people end up, you know, jumping the gun and and really getting too ahead of themselves. Right. Before they prepare, but it comes down to education. I mean, everyone is like, especially guys, like, ah, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. You know, right, okay, right, 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 I'm right. Fine, I'm fine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> women typically tend to be more open to like hey, maybe I should have someone help me here. <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah. Everyone needs to get a trainer you know, and it's like, I don't say that to promote myself. It's like, right. it, I use, I use the analogy with my clients of, you know, what do you do for a living? Where do you work? Oh, I work at, you know, Joe Schmo's bank. Okay. Well, when you went to the bank and you started, did you know what you were doing? Oh <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So that's normal. I just winged so, it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um uh how you know were you in training i'm assuming yeah yeah we had you know 90 days of training oh okay great 90 days of training so that you know educated you and then after you were done with training you kind of had an idea of what you should do yeah okay all right this is the same thing right you know um but what what happens with most of us is we uh we skip training and we just show up untrained right and we just like press go um so a lot of people end up hurting themselves they end up intimidated right. they end up n- knowing that they don't know enough so they do the wrong things um, you know they spend too much time on something that's not productive for what they want mm. so I mean that's really what I would hope the message is is get you know have someone help you okay maybe you have a friend that is in great shape and knows what they're doing ask them to work with you a little bit but ultimately you should work with a professional Um, when it comes to that, let's just say, you know what you're doing and you're working with somebody and whatever the case is, um, as far as knowing how much to do, I think is, was part of your question. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, again, with like, with eating, there's overeating and undereating. Sure. With exercise, there's overtraining and there's undertraining, you know, and there's, you know, find the sweet spot. Um, typically I would have a beginner client do somewhere in the realm of um you know maybe i usually would break it down by like aiming for around 20 sets of exercises depending on like how many different areas we were working on usually okay. I, I kept it to you know two different major muscle groups that we would work on um and again it depends on the type of client that you have but right. you know if, if we if we put it in the spectrum of like physique training and bodybuilding and like that kind of thing. Um, you know, if you're working on your upper body that day and you want to work on, you know, let's say your chest and your shoulders and your triceps, which is like, you know, the common theme as far as that world is like, you know, biceps back, right. You know, and you do those together. That's like the golden, you know, written rule, um, triceps and chest, and you know, you're basically using all of all the muscles that activate when you push you do all those together and then Uh all the muscles that activate when you pull things you do all those together it's just a style you don't have to do that but that's what works for a lot of people and that's what a lot of people do sure um so you know just starting out maybe you do you know five sets of bench press five sets of dips five sets of dumbbell incline press um five sets of tricep push downs you know with the cable machine um, so you're at, you know, twenty right there, five sets of each, four different sets. Um, you know, and that might take you thirty, forty minutes, depending on how quickly you move and rest and stuff like that. And and that is gonna be typically enough for someone, you know, that's just starting out in their first year or so. Mm-hmm. I think after you gain some momentum and your 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 body is adjusting and you're able to keep right. up with the you know, the workload. Um, I would, I typically do, you know, I would say for that type of workout, let's just say we're sticking it to chest and, and triceps as the focus areas and maybe shoulders, yep. you know, I'm going to be at least, uh, at least an hour, an hour and change, um, and probably doing, you know, up where, upwards of 30, 35 Okay. sets total of, of different things and I'll usually superset things okay. Um, as far as like getting towards the end you know you start with your you you warm up first you get everything loose and activated get the blood flow going um, and then you start with what's your main exercise your compound lift if you will mm-hmm. Um, you know in that in this example it would be bench press typically right. um, or like weighted dips would be one or, or dips depending on where you're at um, cause that's a compound exercise, meaning that's, you're using multiple, uh, muscle groups. You're not just using your chest, you're using other things, your shoulders, your triceps, your core, everything is kind of working. So that's your compound lifts. So you would start with those, you know, that's where you're going to expend the most energy. That's where you're going to tax your central nervous system the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the things that you're really tracking. Then, you know, you do that and then you can move into maybe a secondary, um, focus so for me it'd be like bench press that'd be the first okay and then probably after that it would be dips mm-hmm. that would be second okay. Right. those are like the two hardest and most like effective and beneficial if you will in my opinion okay. for working your chest and your triceps because okay. both of those things work both of those right areas um, and your shoulders so maybe after I do those two I've already spent easily probably half an hour mm-hmm. you know um, and I'm doing probably five, six, seven sets of bench press, and then probably four or five sets of dips. Okay. And, you know, it depends. You could do different progressions of, you know, starting off with high reps, working your way down, doing lower reps, but heavier weight, you can go the other way, you can do a little bit of both. That's all just different styles and preference. Um, And then, you know, so you've done that, and then it's like, okay, I'm gonna go do something that's a little bit less, you know, uh, energy expending, and you can do some machine stuff, that mm-hmm. are still working those muscles. That's where you can maybe start getting fancy and doing multiple things at once. You know, right. supersetting, adding in two right. or three exercises, doing them in a rotation, that kind sure. of thing. You know, doing higher reps, using lighter weights, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah. I think I just explained kind of like <laughs> you how you put together a chest and tricep work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: so I think the message would be, don't go to the gym and wing it and do do a 500 pound dead list because you saw someone on <coughs> TV do it yeah definitely and uh make definitely. sure you have some idea what you're doing so um yeah we'll have to come back to that another time there's so much to go with it but yeah um why don't we wrap up with this uh I get a lot of my probiotics and my daily essentials and vitamins from yes. uh market america shop.com and yeah you're uh been a bit associated with that so uh maybe for people listening uh the opportunity it provides them as a customer or Mm -hmm. even going beyond that and what you've sort of found and being associated with it.
1: Yeah. Um, Market America is a a huge company, global company. Uh, It operates in, I think it's 12 different countries now. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're basically a product broker. So they, they don't make or manufacture their own products. They basically just find a, a good quality company to make a product that they think is a trending product in a market that they're in. So, um, it's a very unique business. Um, it was, it was brought to my attention back when I, pretty much when I just started with personal training to kind of go back to the beginning of the the podcast. Um, and that's ultimately what got me into the nutrition world is because there's so many highly credentialed and highly reputable health professionals in Mm -hmm. that business okay like there's literally how I got involved in nutrition is from them they have their own division which is called nutrimetrics which is specifically for um medical practices health professionals etc to carry high end what we call nutraceuticals uh in their practice to to expose to their patients and clients and stuff so and that the nutrimetrics has a you know training in person um, you know, it's like a four day thing and then mm-hmm. they have other smaller ones and they count as continuing education credits for licensed professionals too. So it's a very legitimate, it's a non for profit, okay. uh, organization. Um, and that's where I got a lot of my, uh, nutrition background and an understanding of, you know, patient relationship, uh, working with doctors, working with medical professionals. And I I do work at a medical facility. So, I mean, I'm in that clinical setting, um, primarily with functional medicine, integrative, you know, practitioners that support all this stuff. So it's a very good blend, um, with that. Mm -hmm. But, um, it was, it was brought to my attention as an opportunity to be able to leverage what was already going on. Like as a personal trainer, you're talking to people about their health, you know, they ask you about nutrition, they ask you about supplements. So this was like a platform for me to, Yeah, I have my own multivitamin. Right. You know, yeah, I have my own website. Um. Right. And they really give you a lot of great tools to to leverage. Mm-hmm. You know, 'cause for me I was at the peak of my career in the earlier days as a trainer, um, I was working, you know, easily sixty hours a week and mm. uh, expending a lot of energy. So I didn't really want to do something that was gonna require any more time yeah. <laughs> uh or energy. Sure. So after i learned about it enough through a good friend of mine that i've known pretty much as long as you um you know i realized that it was something that i could do kind of in conjunction you know um with what i was already doing so it just it flowed and it fit very easily so um ultimately what the company offers as a whole is um very very high quality very well researched and um Heavily backed up with documents, uh, links up the wazoo of studies done on all the ingredients in the products. Mm-hmm. Um, GMP certified, you know all this other stuff where they're using a lot of different third-party companies to test the product. Um, the whole Nutrimetrics division is head up by a naturopath physician. So at the top of it, the one that oversees especially all the newer products that have come out is someone who's very well trained and you know licensed uh as a as a medical professional uh in that world i mean there's a very big difference from you know your family um primary care doctor versus like a naturopathic doctor sure Um, but those are the type of people that you want to talk to as far as you know medical advice from the standpoint of you know what we what we classify as like a holistic doctor you know um yeah, but like the you know the products that you know you you've been using and and everything that I use personally. I mean, I, I use a ton of different brands, but right. you know they're kind of my main go to. Obviously, it's something that I endorse, so I'm gonna be you know obviously a customer of my own stuff. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different divisions. That's the one that I really focus on. Um, my fiance has. passion in that field as well she's Uh you know in in school for becoming a dietitian she's almost done with that and Mm. uh, exercise science so she's very into that field as well but she's also you know she used to model and and stuff like that and she has a very heavy interest in like the beauty cosmetic world so market america has a huge branch of um presence in that field as well and they're like you know supported by jennifer lopez and like all these other uh, big name celebrities <laughs> um that use the products yeah, and you yeah. know go on the advertisements with with the ceos and stuff like that um so it's a very big company there's a lot of things going on um but for me it's created a great um secondary revenue um that is a, a residual ongoing income that sure you know it's customers and clients that I've worked with over the years that continue to buy uh different products and things like that because it's helped them, you know, right. and they find value in it. So it's been a great addition to what I do and it's it's really it's really been a main um reason for my growth, you know, through this right you know, this path of of wellness, uh advocate and health coach and stuff. Right. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I feel like we, uh, at least I should have been taking notes, because we had all this information that you gave us, so... Uh. Yeah, but you've taken my programs, so <laughs> you know all this
1: stuff. Now you got so, record it recorded
0: though. Good. Well, thank you for, for being on the show. Um, yeah. We'll have to do it again, because I have some questions we didn't get to. Part two, we can well, do part it Part two, part yeah, two. absolutely. Uh, we do have a quote of the week on the show. I think you'll like this one. It's from Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Okay.
0: He said, it's simple. If it jiggles, it's fat.
1: <laughs> i'm yeah. not sure
0: if that's true but that's what arnold said so. yeah
1: i mean that's that's pretty spot on yeah uh, i like so, it
0: i actually have schwarzenegger's uh bodybuilding book that he put out years ago i had it when i was a kid and uh that huge thing yeah, huge, huge, huge yeah, yeah, yeah. it has got a ton of great information yep. but
1: yep i i, I never but, had it but my friend i lived with for a while or no it was mm-hmm. my sister's boyfriend okay first yeah. started out yep
0: and the thing is, like as much as I, I like a lot of the stuff and I've used a lot of the stuff, like you know, in your mind you say, okay, that's what I want to look like. But all those pictures of him was when he was juicing,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like you know
0: it was legal at the time and whatever he used it, and they all kind of did at the time. But sometimes yeah. it's not maybe the best image to look at of yeah. someone of that what you want to look like. But yeah, anyway. that's
1: the last piece of advice I could leave anyone with is. Um, don't take steroids. Don't, take, don't <laughs> take steroids. That and don't. You know fall for someone's advice just because they look great and Mm -hmm. know that everybody is different what works for Mm -hmm. them may not work for you you know um so really seek out someone that's credentialed someone that has a background in helping people not just someone that looks good you know so right yeah because there's a lot of bad coaching out there there's a lot of stuff with online coaches and instagram you know all these you know I don't want to say it's mostly girls, but a lot is just, you know, people that are endorsed by fitness companies and supplement companies because they look good so they can, you know, flash their product brand and get, you know, drive traffic to the, to the company. But these people end up, you know, saying like they're some yeah. coach and, you know, oh, yeah, buy my program. And right, it's right, like right. you don't have – you can't give diet advice. Like, you sure. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just be careful and follow that Cool. Yeah, you know, the influence.
0: All right, well, that's going to conclude our show. I'm going to tag Justin so you can find his information on Facebook and his social media platforms. And uh, we're on iTunes, Podbean, Facebook, YouTube. So if you want to leave us a review and tell us what you think, we'd be happy to hear from you. And that's going to be it. So sayonara, any last words for.
1: No, I think I gave a few already. You already gave a few last words. All right. Absolutely. (laughs) We'll we'll do it again. All right, we'll see you next time, everyone.